Like it? Yes, sir, dude. I broke so many laws on the way here. I was breaking no less than three laws. <laughs> I was like talking to you on the phone and went right by a cop. I was going 50 and a 30. He just like looked at me and like, I was like, oh, dude, I'm fucked. But he didn't get me, motherfucker. Right. Cheers, brother. Yeah, man. Yo, so hyped you came out. Yeah, man. Big up, uh, golden hour, bro. Yeah, so we're just gonna shoot the shit. There's no no real format, you know. Right. I got some got some topics I kind of want to run down. And all right, all right. Obviously, we're gonna have to talk some C's talk up in here, too. But Celtics Nation, baby. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. yeah. Episode 26, that's right, we out here, player, and we have a one-of-a-kind guest today. This is my man, Big Dog, <laughs> is in the house right now, yeah, what it do, what third up, time's a tiz on. Yeah, yes, man. welcome, how are things? Good, man, life's good, you know, ups and downs, enjoying the ride, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, I saw you last night when I was, uh, I popped in the needs for a sec, you end up watching Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, we'll watch Super Bowl, but, uh, you're... One of your previous guests, Ratman, came over. Oh, nice. And so we were mostly listening to reggae records with the Super Bowl kind of yep. on, on the screen there. You know what I mean? So. Nice. I went to McGillicuddy's with my dad. We got hammered. Ah, shit. Yeah, we were drinking, like, some high-end whiskey. Yeah, man. Like, eating some chicken wings and offending the staff and shit. Nice. Well, actually, we got... The waitress was actually really cool, but then, like, her boss came over and was like, you need to stop paying attention to them <laughs> like what <laughs> just tipping this chick like 80 bucks man. um but yeah well, shit i hope you came through my man yeah psyched to be here man i'm i've been uh feeling the guests lately matt lock yeah uh, yeah just copped Matty the, L's the man i just copped the lock skate hat rap man episode was awesome uh definitely uh if we talk about my dj and stuff i definitely got a lot of props to give out to rap man for sure you know what i mean hell yeah um, in terms of, just for people who don't know, Matt Robinson, a.k.a. Big Dog, let's just get, let's check this one off right away. I know it, but where did Big Dog come from? Oh, <laughs> uh, Big Dog, uh, Big Dog came about in, when I was in middle school playing basketball, and I guess it was like probably the seventh grade, and, uh, I was kind of like bigger than the other kids at the time, and, um... I played a little rough kind of in the paint and uh glenn robinson yeah you had the jersey right? big dog um so yeah i'm having the same last name that was kind of my basketball name and uh yeah i mean i thought it was cool when i was on the basketball court but then like people started calling me big dog outside of the court and i was like oh i guess it is what it is you know you don't choose your nickname so. yeah yeah and it's like anyone who does try to make up their own nickname it's like no dude you, you can't do that yeah <laughs> so it works it is yeah. what it is you ever know anybody who'd be like people call me and they try to like insert a nickname it's like no they don't no, yeah no, just, no. it kind of like comes across like cheesy it's yeah. like Call me extra crazy cool, whatever, <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. My nickname's awesome. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I brought you this uh, Jasmine Taz. Yeah, obviously, time. you know, as someone who has supplied me with damn near probably half of my records that I own, 
and knowing what your collection's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm like, what could I possibly gift the big dog that you might not have? I don't so. have this, and I'm, I'm really pumped. Hell yeah. Jasmataz Volume That's 2 sick. Instrumentals. That yeah, I've never, I've never even seen. This I was just record. gonna say, like, I don't even know if that's something you could really buy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I got that at the Guru show. Oh, sick! Rest yeah, in peace, rest Guru. In peace. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ballhead slick. Why is the pressure on my dick? Yeah. And we lost a rapper, uh, rapper of De La Soul. Uh, I guess yesterday. Or... Oh damn! Uh, did you not hear about no, that? No, I didn't. Oh, I've been on the internet really today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I love Day Law, so that one kind of hit me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy Get, getting older, you know? People just start dropping off, so yeah. rest in peace to those that are no longer with us. Yeah. And, um, you know, and bless up y'all that are alive, too. Um, Word up. Yeah, so, I don't know, we're going to bounce all over, because that's what we do, you know, I'm a little bit of a scatterbrain, but, right. but um, so yeah, talk about, uh, let's just get the A-Dog thing on here, yeah, like, what, what did Andy mean to you, I know you guys are, you know, A-Dog, oh, man, I, know, I, went, I went right to the emo shit, we're Yo, we were just, <laughs> um, I don't know, uh, there's so much I could say, um, I don't know, like Andy, like I didn't hang out with him like every single day or like kick it with him all the time, you know, but like he always made like whenever you were with him, whether you saw him on the street or I was up at his crib, I like would record some mixtapes up there sometimes and scratch with him a little bit, which uh, at first I was intimidated. <laughs> and then um, one time I was up there scratching, and he's like, yo, that's sick. And I'm like, yo, A-Dog just said, that. like, that's sick. And I'm like, it gave me so much confidence because I'm not, like, always a super technical scratch DJ or whatever. But um, A-Dog just, like, made everyone feel special, you know what I mean? And um, whether you walked into um, Red Square, he would play your favorite song just when, as soon as he saw you yeah. or, or whatever. And he was like, I mean, this is kind of an A-Dog move giving me this you know what i mean like a dog tried to <laughs> kind of style everyone out you know what i mean i'd go to his house and i'd leave with a record or i would leave with a hoodie like a fresh hoodie and like he made you feel like you were the man and like yeah. um his crib was so cool like whenever you'd go over there like everything was custom you know he had yeah. like done some little art on everything and like you know every, yeah like, nothing was, was just normal he was definitely like inspiring on like the creative side but just like making people feel good man mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like uh i remember his last like vinyl set at um manhattan's pizza he dropped uh so what you want like the beastie boys and i ran over and i'm like yo like i've, I've never even seen that 12 inch and it had like the picture cover or whatever yeah. you know what i mean and it was and just he just single? yeah and he just plays the next song takes the record off puts it in the sleeve and just hands it to me oh. and like that's a dog man yeah. you know so uh there's a lot everyone can learn from a dog you know what i mean and um just his vibes and everything so you know big up andy williams every time for sure and yeah. uh i think now like what i'm witnessing now is like so dope like yeah, with his this, legacy with the skate park like i was chilling during covid with a bunch of skaters um 
like by city hall park or whatever we were just kind of shooting the shit and all these like younger skaters kept rolling up to us um and everyone's just like on their phone they're like oh Yo, you're at A Dog. Oh yeah, I'll be down at A Dog. Like they they don't even call it the skate park. They just call it A Dog. So it, like sounds like they're going to his crib or whatever. It's just I don't know. It's just cool, man. And yeah. uh, now with like A Dog Day where that's at, you know what I mean? It's like um, it's super dope seeing like the young young people like so into it. Yeah. Like whether you're you know five years old. Or or ten years old or twelve years old, like all these younger uh, generations, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but all these younger generations like look forward to A Dog Day every day. Oh, yeah, every it's, like year. it's like a holiday. It's my Christmas. It is. It's, it's, it's a holiday in Burlington for sure. Yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really cool to witness. Um, witness that you know what i mean so. yeah and i mean i know you were there you're at the meetings and we were like make talking to the city and we were, like making sure that we got yeah, yeah. named after him and everything yeah. so you know thank you for yeah man you know, all that and now uh, do you you work with friends for a dog and uh uh yeah i'm i'm like i i gotta get more involved i i was definitely like a key piece in like the music um programs that we've done for the kids and I'm still, like, part of it, but I just, I have to, like, um, there's a few things that I have to get back into. Yeah. And, like, COVID kind of, like, changed our um, vibes up or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's one of them because I, I love the Friends for A-Dog and, like, all the stuff it stands for. And then, like, RUV, I was a big-time, like, RUV DJ or... Yeah. Um, that sounded boisterous. <laughs> no, no, I know what you're saying. I really love RUV, like, and, and Yeah, so, how long was your show rocking up there for? Um, I think I started it in 2004. Um, like, before I even did Reggae Night, which started in 2006. Okay. Um, so I was doing 2004... Kind of, like, up until, like, right before COVID. Um, and, yeah, I just, like, I love RUV so much, you know. Um, that was where I got a lot of my balls, like, you know, to, to go, like, live. Like, when I used to go and create show. Oh, yeah. Like, back yeah. in the day. And it's like, yeah, you got to come correct when you're on the radio. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, to me, WRUV is, like, super influential to, like, who I am as a person. And, like... There's factors growing up in Burlington um, that, like, I want if those things didn't exist, like, would I even be a DJ? Like, mm -hmm. I could just be working at Lowe's or whatever, <laughs> yeah. doing whatever job and just, like, not, um, not be the guy I am now. And RUV is definitely one of them because, like, growing up... Um, as a teenager, you know what I mean? You you listen to RUV back oh, yeah. in the day. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like I was listening to Biggie like six months to, to, before he came out. Yeah. I was listening to Wu-Tang. You know what I mean? So, like, listening to RUV, finding all this music, being up in Burlington, Vermont, of all places, and, like, feeling like I know hip-hop that they it's not even hitting in new york yet yeah yeah and you know especially because I mean? like before obviously yeah. the internet or whatever like that was our in like that's how you learned about the new shit yeah know? yeah that, so, or like if shape broke you off or something yeah. so like are you like if there was no ruv like would i know this much about hip-hop would i know this much about reggae and dance hall you know and so um 
So yeah, big up RUV, man. Yeah, who are, who are some of the first me. shows? Do you remember like who was on when you first started? I listening? mean, there was this guy. Some of these people, I don't even know what they look like. You know what I mean? There was some guy, Robbie Redneck. He was he had a ill like hip hop show. I remember that. Uh, DJ Herb um, was one of them. Uh, Chancellor, DJ Chancellor, yeah. um, the Ninja Force crew, like D Max and. Um, yeah, Ninja Force. Uh, they were called Vinyl One, I guess. Oh, yeah, Vinyl uh, One. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, Milo. Milo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, big she, up to Milo, man. She's been on that station since 1984. Yeah, she know? was at uh, a... You know, crazy. We, we had Fatty B's uh, Gumba release party, which, mm. shout out Fatty and everyone was out there. But uh, I, saw, yeah, I saw Milo. She came out. Like Jess Bridge, shout oh, nice. out, yeah, yeah just yeah. like all these throwback cool. homies and homegirls, um, which is really cool. Yeah, unfortunately, I was working behind the bar, so I didn't get to really like participate too much. But um, oh, yeah. I was able to like hear it. They had it playing out yeah. into the bar. Yeah. Drop for Milo too. She's running for what the city council or oh, okay. something like that. So yeah, vote Milo. Get out and vote, man. I love Milo Grant. You gotta make some vote Milo shirts. It'll right. Like, it'll be like. Um, Napoleon Dynamite when I had like the yeah. Vote Pedro shirts. Vote yeah. <laughs> Milo. She's like my she's like my radio mom, man. Because like I would, you know, life hits us all in different ways, and like there'd be some weeks where I I call Milo. She was on before me at one point, and I was like, I'm like, oh, I was like, I'm tired. I can't make it. And she's just like, Nope. You better get up here and do your show. Yeah. I'm like, me low spoke. I'm going to do my show. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? so. so when you're like first getting in at RUV, you get like the worst shifts, don't you? You have to uh, do like the graveyard. Or... You have to do the graveyard, yeah. I actually like tried as like an 18-year-old, I think. Uh, What's that process? Like you have to do an audition or something? Yeah, you do like all this stuff and auditions and you have to do like a... I don't remember exactly. It was a long time ago. You have to do like a demo tape and all these things. And so I like didn't get accepted. And then I like tried again and I tried again and I didn't get accepted. And then when I was 24, I uh, got a show and did that for many years. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I might be back on there because I, I love it. You know? That's what's so. up. Well, it's funny because we go back to high school. Like, you yeah, know, like for real. Driving around in your Honda. Oh, yeah. Pumping tapes. 91 Accord, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I remember you had, like, there was one tape that was, like, stuck in there for a while. <laughs> was, oh, like, yeah. It was the only, yeah. I don't know if, if you ever got it out or what, and, what the deal Infamous was. Mob yeah. Deep. You remember? Yeah. We bumped that one. The Shining, Smith & Wesson. Stayed in the deck. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, that was fun because, you know, we'd play some ball back then and, like, you were... You never like a skate or anything, but like you always kicked it with all of us, and yeah, yeah. You know, then like source unknown days, obviously with shape and Luke and all that shit. So yeah, yeah man, I never really skated, but uh, I always like appreciate what you guys do and like the you know the community, the skate community, and mm -hmm. everything. So well, it's so intertwined with the whole music scene here too. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so you still balling or what? You've been hitting the Y? Or I, hit a, I, I ball a little bit, you know what I mean? I, I like my little corner jump shot. That's yeah. Where I operate a lot. I <laughs> remember when we played the uh, For Sean Stems oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. some peace song. Yeah. Man. Cheers. And, um, you know, we thought we were just doing a little pickup game. Yo, and, that was crazy, <laughs> And then bro. Stem's mom had us playing the Vermont High School All-Stars. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it was, was like the, the best it, kid from every high it school was, around. It was, it, was, uh, it was VT Elite. 
Yeah. And Sam Jackson, big up Sam Jackson. He's the coach for them, and he does great stuff uh, in the community with basketball. But yeah, I thought like it was just. <laughs> I thought was we were just gonna have fun, dude. And these dudes show up. They're full court pressing us every play and shit. Like they full court pressed us, and it was like we couldn't even get the ball halfway to half court. And then once we got it past half court, they trap you. We would be like, "What do we do now?" You know. But I, I got some buckets. Yeah, that we game, held it man. down. We held it down. Actually, some, like yeah. I think we like technically just barely lost, but like that was intense. We had like you. Yeah. I've been thinking about that too like um, I'm sure you know the skate parks in the area more but like it would be dope if there was a skate park like next to a basketball I know I want to get I want to get a basketball a court way. built at, at the Woo in Winooski yeah. because it's like you got like a but isn't like Waterbury or something is there one where yeah. there's like a basketball court and a yeah. skate park yeah there's a I think there's just one hoop I don't think it's a full court. Uh, we could still we could yeah. still make it a jam. Man. Yeah, yeah, you know we could have like a three on three tournament or something, like yep. and people could be skating and I don't know. It's just cool to honor Sean Stem. Like, yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Totally. So. Yeah, we took a couple of years off of that for. Let's bring the basketball game yeah, back. Yeah, man. we're gonna bring it back. Let's uh, we'll do let's it. just not play against BC because I mean and, and even like uh, you know that was like what six seven years ago or whenever it was yeah. and uh, you know. The kid ain't fucking getting any younger. Right? <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know, I'm ready when you call me, I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, you were always my go-to. Like, I give you the rock, you definitely get wet from outside, so yeah, that's what's up. You shoot like bird, too. You got that, like, <laughs> you got that, that overshot. Well, I remember, like, well, probably, like, two years ago at this point, maybe a little longer, you know, with COVID, my whole sense of time's all fucked up. Yeah, cool. I'll, I'll be, like, a year ago, and then I'll forget that, like, we didn't leave our houses for two years. Right? Or you see, like, homies, and you're like, damn like i haven't seen you in Five. a couple of years you know what i mean and it's like usually it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months depending on like you yeah. know when, how how much you run into that person um, but yeah we went to the y and we were, and it was like uh it was like men's league or like whatever men's pickup remember that and like again oh yeah here I, I remember balling that game yeah you. here i am I, here i am again like thinking i'm just signing up for this like but no it's like all these dudes who like oh. thought they were gonna go to the nba clearly didn't now are like <laughs> taking it out on their boy <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like yo dude it's I like 11 some good dishes man some good you dropped some dimes out there yeah that. i was always a point guard yeah. you know i just could shoot decent but yeah but yeah that's always been fun and obviously you know Part of our bond has always been through the Celtics. How are you feeling about the team? <laughs> Dude, it's so, unreal, man. So it's good. unreal. Um, yeah, it's like sometimes I just don't even believe it. Because, like, I started liking the Celtics when we had, like, Eric Montross and Dino Raja. You know what I mean? And, like, they were not good at all. And uh, so to see where we're at now, it's just, like, unbelievable. This is my favorite team. I mean, yeah, I've been a Celtics fan my whole this life. This is crazy. This is my man. favorite team. And we got, like, this is crazy. you know, even, like, Tatum, who's obviously having the craziest year. But, like, the past couple games, it's like you will not even think he's playing that well. But then, you know, Derek White will go off for 30 or, like, Well, you that's know? the thing, like, <laughs> the, the maturity that he's had where he's, like, it doesn't seem like he's trying to, like, chase stats like he's making everyone better and like that's the ultimate um that's the ultimate like that's you're a champion if you can do that yeah. you know what i mean and so he's he's doing big things like even when it doesn't look like he's doing big things you yeah. know what i mean and 
the coach this year. I'm kind of feeling that. You know yeah, he's I mean? the youngest coach in the NBA. Yeah, he's, uh, the, he's dope. He's coaching the All-Star game, which is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty sick. So that's what's up. I actually went down to Boston maybe like a month ago, and I met up with Dub. Oh, yeah. Evan and Paul. Politics. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, his brother Trev, and we went uh, went out to the game. It was a good time. That's what's up. I'm going to a game soon. Yeah. I haven't seen them live since they had... Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Oh damn! So I haven't seen Tatum or Brown live. Oh, like I gotta get there, man. You know yeah, dude. I, mean? I know I tried to hit you up actually the day I was going down, but I think it was a little too uh, a little too close. You had to take work off or something. So yeah, yeah. But I'm always down. Yeah, always we gotta down. go to one for sure. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Um, my thing is like I can't go to Celtics games with people that aren't fully about it though. Oh, it's like I'm like a whole different dude. As soon as I get yeah. in there, dude, I'm just like I'm like no, like we're getting there early. It makes me. <laughs> I want to be the first one there. I want to be the last one to leave. It makes me kind of like feel like a little kid. Like I get there and I'm like. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't even know what to look at. I'm like, do I watch the Jumbotron? Do I watch the people dancing? I'm like, it's so crazy when you walk in, you know what I mean? And um, like the last game I went, I sat court side. Oh, sick. Was that uh, with the Burton seats or? Yeah, Burton. Nice. My homeboy, uh, Corey Crowder. Oh, yeah. Up. Shout out, Corey. Rachel's yeah, up. That's a, th- that's a throwback homie right there. Yeah, that's my, that's my G. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I sat on the court, you know what I mean? So that was, that was crazy. Do you remember who they played? It was uh, it was that season with Isaiah Thomas where like no one thought the Celtics would do anything, mm-hmm. and they just like played really well and like they got swept by Cleveland in the mm-hmm. um, first round of the playoffs. But the the crowd gave them a, a um, standing ovation like for getting swept. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just yeah. because they made it there and they played hard and they like. I mean, Celtics people, fans like, are the realest inter- fans there are. Dude. Yeah, they kept people entertained, and the whole Isaiah Thomas thing was like super exciting yeah. when that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. he was like what five six or something or five. Yeah, I love those small basketball players, <laughs> yeah. man, for sure. Yeah, that was dope. Um, so yeah, for people who don't really know, so you originally are from South Burlington, Vermont, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so you were at South Burlington High School and then moved to Burley like pretty much right after that or whatever. Yeah. Um, what year did you start getting into DJing, do you remember? Um, and I mean, that's kind of a weird question. What year did you actually start like DJing records, I should say? Because I feel like you were always like the DJ, like, you know, like uh, in the car or whatever. Like you were, you yeah. were always the dude that played the music, I guess. Uh, I think it was like 19, I mean, maybe I'm going too far back, but like 1992, I bought my first record and it was kind of a mistake because I I wanted it on cassette single. I used to go to Pure Pop every week and you'd fill out this little sheet. You'd go through their book and you'd fill out the sheet. They went to order? Yeah, and and we were kids. I was 12 years old. It's like, you you don't have a lot of money. I couldn't buy the whole album, so I bought the single. And then I wanted Grand Pooba, actually with Kodog. I was with Kodog, uh, Corey. And uh, I wanted Grand Pooba 360 degrees. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have it on cassette single, so I bought it on record. So that was like 92. And so do your parents have like a record player at this time? I had like one of those cheap Radio Shack like plastic uh, stereos with like the tape deck. Okay, yeah. I didn't even have a CD and I had the record on top. It was like a plastic thing. And me and Corey actually split the record because, like, we didn't have that much money. So we spent like $1.50 each or whatever and we would like share it. And then 
watching like yo mtv raps and everything i started seeing people with turntables so i think around like 93 when i was 13 i got turntables and i i really didn't know what i was doing which ones were they i got like some gemini you like look up in the back of the hip-hop source magazine like dj starter kit or whatever it's funny because i feel like a lot of people myself included got gemini's first even though everyone would always tell you they don't do it don't (laughs) just get a text don't do it like technique 1200s are the the truth but um so i had those and like you can't really do what you can do on a tech with them so i got kind of frustrated with it i ended up kind of selling them and then i met CeeLo. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, if you were at my house, you could walk across the street through the person's yard, and then you were in CeeLo's backyard. And he had Tech 12s. And so then, and he had, like, Benny L and Maddie L, who Maddie L was just on here. Yeah. Uh, Burlington G's for sure. Like, taught him how to DJ. So he started telling me about matching beats and, like, doing all this stuff. And so I started learning, and the techs were so much better. And then, so it wasn't, it was soon after that, probably 93, 94-ish, that I got my own techs. Nice. Um, but CeeLo, like, basically showed me how to DJ. Yeah, I was just going to say, I wanted to ask you that. I didn't know if he was, I, I believed him. Like, shout out. You told me to ask him about it. <laughs> so here we go. I'm asking him, but I, yeah. I was out with him, you know, a week ago or something. Or yeah. Just kind of having a couple of drinks, talking some shit, and um, he's like, ask Big Doug, so I'm pretty sure, like, I showed him, like, what was up with reggae DJing, and like... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, my first boxes of 45s, like, CeeLo, at the time, I don't want to, like, it's a sensitive subject, it's a sensitive <laughs> subject, but at the time, he was like, oh, I want to just, like, focus on hip-hop, and I'm like, are you sure you want to, like, he sold me a couple boxes <laughs> of 45s. Right. And some of the best 45s I own, you know what I mean? And he was like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. And back then, like, like 150 was, like, a come-up. So, oh, like, yeah. whatever, I don't even remember what I paid him, but, like, that was a lot of money when you were younger and stuff. So he kind of started me on the reggae and got, got me into it. And then, of course, you know, Big Up Flex Records, they were, like, mm. that was some G stuff. Yeah, like they, yeah. I'm living in Burlington, Vermont, out of all places, and I have access to, like... <laughs> what came out in Jamaica yesterday yeah. like it's at crazy. 15 years old or whatever age you know it's what I mean people who weren't around back then and they don't realize like how much of an influence Flex had on all of us and like just for the lifeblood of our scene in general yeah you know I mean straight up like if it wasn't for RUV and it wasn't for Flex like I probably never would have had Tex never would have been a DJ probably wouldn't even be sitting here right now you know what I'm saying so yeah so big up flex records every time yeah I mean and so so Benny L starts L burners yeah and he does that for what a couple years maybe not even ah so long ago um yeah so you know as the story goes correct me if I'm wrong one day he's just over it and he just basically like gifts it to you guys or how did that all yeah so I mean Benny L was CeeLo's cousin and um when he had L burners he had like a day job or whatever so like it was open from 5pm to 8pm maybe (laughs) maybe (laughs) we would actually drive by on Main Street and it was at 161 Main Street uh at that time uh later on it was um Flex Records, The Cause, and Al Burners, like, all in the same hallway. Um, 
But we would, like, drive down, and, like, there's, like, a little box above the door, and we'd, like, drive by, and, like, oh, the light's not on, like, can't go get records today. Oh, I know what you're talking about, the, through the glass. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, um, so then I started, like, helping Benny, because I just wanted Burners to, like, do good, so I started, like, opening the shop for him, like, keeping it open on, uh, when he wasn't there, and Saturdays, and, like, you know, trying to make sure that it was always open, because I would be so bummed out when it wasn't open, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and then, uh, he moved to Brooklyn, um, and so when he moved to Brooklyn, he, he just, like, handed me the shop, you know, and I would actually, like, keep track of the records that were his and I would send him like some money you know okay. what I mean cause it's like that's his stuff yeah, you know yeah. what I mean so um and then Alberners like took off for a little bit yeah you know we used to have I mean? those ciphers in there and yeah. that was fun so and like um, I'd come up come over with Dion fucking yeah Dion was up <laughs> in there rapping all the time man and there was like I had like kids coming from after school like getting out of BHS like coming up to talk hip hop and they would come up like every day and like there was all these like regulars that would come in like every day and mm-hmm. half the people weren't buying anything yeah, they just yeah, wanted yeah. to chill yeah. um, but then I started getting like customers from Montreal so I'd get like crews from Montreal like every weekend Hell different yeah. crews would come down just to go record shopping there mm-hmm. and that was dope I was like I went up to Montreal um for the under pressure, you yeah. ever done that? Yeah, yeah, I've been up there a bunch. Yeah, um, I was with, uh, I was getting hammered with Ghostface up oh, there sure. one night. Nice. One, yeah, for an under pressure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went to under pressure, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, there's some of my customers. Like, there's some of my customers. Oh, like, it was cool. I was like, yo, what's up? Like, yeah. saying hi to all these people. You know, it was it was dope. So yeah, that's sick. So, and you also sold like. Um, you had like the DVD, like the compilations, and you had like you had a few CDs as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, because like in the case, what? Yeah, I can't. I did like so. I did like mixtapes, of course. Yeah. You know, because it's like part of the culture or whatever. Um, but then I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, what can I sell that like you can't go to Pure Pop for? Because mm-hmm. like I I love Pure Pop too, and that's one of my favorite businesses. And I was like, I don't want to step on their toes. But, like, what can I sell that they don't have? And then I carried, like, all the living legend stuff. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Because it just was, you weren't going to find that in pure pop. I just know? pop in and be like, what you got in here? And you'd always, yeah. like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. this for you. Bro. And then, like, um, at the beginning of that, I saw uh, living legends. In Hyro uh, at Toast, right? No, it was at the old, old Higher Ground in Winooski. Oh, I saw okay. a living legends show there, and I approached them. And I was like, yo, I have this store and I want to sell your products. And so I went on the bus with Hyro and I like chilled with every guy. So I like, I'm chilling with Scarab and I'm like, all right, yeah, I want to, I want like definitely like 10 of those and like 10 of these. And then I go chill with the Grouch and be like, oh yeah, I definitely (laughs) need like all of these, you know, and so I. Take one, fuck the dumb. I'll take one. (laughs) (laughs) So I left, I I left the show with like boxes and boxes of CDs. And that's how I started like the living legends. And they're like, oh, just hit us up direct. Like we'll send you whatever you need. You know what I mean? That's the coolest way too. Cause you know, all the money's going direct to the artist. Yeah. It's not like you do a distributor. Yeah. They weren't even like on distributors, you know, I'm sure they are now but um but yeah there was like no place i could really order it from unless it was right from them you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah so how how many years was l burners rocking for how long were you were you guys running it i think i took it over in 2001 
and it's a it's a gray area, but I think it was rocking to like um, 2005 ish. Yeah, so it was right. like I had it for like four or five years, and you know what happened? Like literally, Serato came out. Yeah. And literally, like I was out of business in two weeks. Yeah, everyone stopped buying records because they could just buy Serato and then jack everything off the internet. Yeah, and it was just crazy. And I, like, fought that as a DJ for a while. I was like, oh, I got to get, I still love my 45s and, like, <coughs> uh, whatever. But, but yeah, like, I would, when I had L Burners, I would call up DJ Create and be like, yo, man, like, I got the Jizza instrumentals here. Like, I got this. I got the this new, uh, you know, Biggie remix or whatever the tracks were. Yeah. And I would call, like, A-Dog, and A-Dog would skate right down and, like, come scoop all the fresh stuff. And then Serato came out, and, like, they, they weren't coming down. <laughs> yeah. And it's no, like... It's no. Uh, it's just so. Big, it was just so not much a big more deal. Cost. It's just how the wor- world went. You it know? was so much more cost effective, you know. Especially it's like if you're a DJ. So at the time when we did Lotus, we had the entertainment company. We'd be doing like high school dances or like oh, a wedding, yeah. and it's like I'm not gonna buy like the fucking chicken dance on vinyl or like whatever. Just yeah, yeah. Cotton Eye Joe or whatever. Some bullshit that people want, but like yeah. on Serato you could rock it. But I remember having a conversation with you when you were like. Cause you would always drag your records to Nectars and like oh, yeah. people would be like, Dude, me, and, <laughs> me and Demas brought so many 45s yeah. to that club. Yeah. And, um, yeah, people were just, I feel like you were always had this, I'm not even gonna say stubborn, but yeah, I guess like, you're just like, no dude, like I'm a vinyl DJ. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people like thought that of me too, but like growing up like we've kind of explained uh times it's like to be a dj like the only option was vinyl and then like other options came out and like right now i'm not like i'm not like oh it has to be vinyl or whatever you know what i mean like if if you're going to see a dj like they got to be playing good music i don't care what they play it on so if you're doing a whack set with all vinyl like it doesn't make it cool like yeah it's all about the music and it's all about like the music being good so it doesn't matter what format you're rocking as long as it's good then people are gonna have a good time you know yeah and so you were you know i'd say you were definitely like a hip-hop head and then at what point would you say that like it became because obviously you're still down with hip-hop but like at what point did reggae become like a super big influence to you or, like when you started djing reggae? um i mean i was collecting reggae 45s you know dating back to when i was like you know a teenager and stuff um and then i was i was known as a hip-hop dj uh, my first gig i think started in 2001 um and i pretty much had gigs every a weekly gig since then but yeah i was playing hip-hop and then you know hip-hop kind of shifted and kind of went in a different direction and got real mumbly and so like i always had (laughs) reggae like in the back burner but i never thought i would be like a reggae dj you know like it was just always a love of mine um and i loved it just as much as hip-hop but you had demas and like you know what i mean he was like the dawn of reggae music in burlington so it was like he did that i wasn't trying to like i never felt like i could do what he was doing yeah um and he was your neighbor for for years well we lived together together, Uh, we were roommates for a while and when i had out burners i rented this like like long clock like 
closet and it was like store his storage so he had all his 45s there he had a turntable set up there it was like this little chill zone so like even before i lived with him as a roommate like he was always at l burners and had his 45s and Mm -hmm. um and then we started uh yeah hip-hop kind of started changing and i think it was like 2005 me and him were just like always chilling Mm-hmm. upstairs at the record shop and we're like dude let's just play reggae music on sunday together and we just did it for fun we're like we're hanging out anyways we're playing 45s anyways yeah, and, and, like, paid and, bringing some people and so we started at rj's and we called it cabana sunday oh, damn. I don't uh, even know sunday night cabana and we did it for like i think a year um but it was all about just me and demas having fun hanging out <laughs> and then in 2006 we like moved to Nectar's and then it just oh dude those Sunday nights were crazy off, you'd have like lines out the door some yo Sundays. like I tell the staff there now um I tell the staff there now I'm like dude we used to have lines past the pizza place yeah you know what I mean on a Sunday yeah you in know the middle of winter <laughs> yo <laughs> it was it was nuts man and like mm-hmm. Demas like I mean if I'm on this podcast I gotta big up Demas yeah, I'm sorry course. you didn't ask me about no, him no no like, I, mean, I gotta we were getting there I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta big him up and like uh the one thing I'll say is like that dude is a crazy DJ bro mm-hmm. like he can do things that no one else can do. And, like, I could explain some of them, but it's, like, kind of DJ technical stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I was, like, intimidated to play with him at first, man. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like when it, A-Dog, like, bigged me up on the scratching. And, like, Demas was like, dude, you killed it. Like, uh, or, you know, after a year or so of doing it and he would start bigging me up and I'm like oh I did like cause he's the Don dude you got a data boy yeah, <laughs> yeah. D- Demas is a is something different man. I love Rhett's story about uh about him and niceness and like their oh yeah their sound clash and all that mm. you've never really been like a sound clasher kind of DJ though right have you or nah I mean with reggae that's like sound clash with reggae is I mean, Demas can sound clash anyone, bro. Like, um, I definitely couldn't sound clash Demas. Uh, but with reggae, it's like all about dub plates and like you spend all this like money and it's like I don't have money like that. So I have like dub plates that like artists give me on the strength because mm-hmm. we have like a friendship or connection or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't take it that serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like all the influences you know it's like i could go on for days oh yeah well about all this i'm stuff. not in any rush bro i uh I'm, i think i told you but i'm back in school but uh, oh, word. I, I had a monday class and uh because mondays are like when mesha usually has the day off yeah yeah um i just dropped my class and my teacher was like why are you dropping it and i was like oh i got like a podcast <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, like, she's like what nice I'm like oh Oh, yeah, it's going pretty well. Just finished first semester, 4.0 player. Sick. I'm, uh, second semester now. That's what's up, man. But, yeah, between, between the kiddos and work, and I'm not I'm not doing higher ground, like, indoor shows, so I just, like, do the outdoor stuff in the... Oh, we're in, we're in. So, but I'm up at the Essex, so... Yeah, yeah. I worked at higher ground for Mad. Yeah. Long. Yeah, I was gonna... That was another thing I wanted to get to, so, um... When you, what years were you at Higher Ground? Because, I mean, I remember, but I can't, like, quite I was remember. there. It's, it's 
foggy, man. Uh, <laughs> I was there like whenever they moved, cause like um, so like oh four. Yeah, like uh, the homie Foshal. Andy, shout out Foshal. Shout, shout out to Foshal. Like, just called me and was like, "Yo, man, you want to work tonight?" And I'm like, "Okay." He's like, "It's a reggae show or whatever." So I think like the first show I did was like Steel Pulse or something. Oh hell yeah! Um, I saw Steel Pulse, and then I just started working there. Like it's like I didn't try to work there, you yeah, know. Yeah. But the homie called me and. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. You see mad music, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I actually saw Steel Pulse in uh, St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. Oh, sick. Yeah, it was like this outdoor amphitheater. Oh, dope. Yeah, I went love with my, to see with my brother again. and my sister and I. Nice. Got my brother to smoke some weed, allegedly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> done in a grip, but... Yeah, so you started, you know, so reggae night was Sundays, and, like, we don't have to get too into it, but, you know, the homegirl Chelsea got shot. It happened to be right next to her, and... It got a little just like, it got a little grimy there for a second, right? Like, you know, and um, like not always, but there would just be, I don't know. Like, how would you kind of describe when you like took the quick little hiatus or when you switched nights or? Um, I mean, yeah, something, you know, something happened and, uh, and we just took a little break. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that was really even like related to my night. I think it was just like a random oh yeah yeah yeah. i wasn't trying to say that it definitely was not related to your night it was just that it just so happened to be on your night yeah um and i think the person was even like next door most of the night or something i I don't know um but just because it happened in that location so yeah we took a break and um and i kind of wish kind of wish obviously i wish nothing yeah. Like of the sort happened, but um, I wish we didn't take a break because I like took a lot of pride in like never missing a reggae night. And... I, I think that that's uh, extenuating circumstance. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but but like I did like seven hundred and something reggae nights without missing a row, without yeah. missing one. I know. You I know? remember trying. I can't. I don't know what it's like it Tatum. Was. He like his stats. Like he like he doesn't want to miss any game. I don't know that. what it was, but I remember us trying to get you to do something like go to Montreal or Boston or something, and you were like no dude i can't miss reagan i've only i've only taken one right one me art off and i had the homie CeeLo fill in and i know he killed it um but i've only taken one off and it was because i had covid yeah so i was like i'm definitely not gonna go and well, that's give people covid yeah, you know what respect. i mean so. so it was you and demas running the me yard yeah and then demas leaves and you bring in jason yeah yeah Shout out Jason, Jason, that's the homie, veteran. Big up Jason, yeah, so, for sure. So obviously, like that's a whole different vibe, right? Because he's like considerably more mellow than a Demas. <laughs> uh, d- to say Jason and Demas's <laughs> vibes are are different is is a true statement. Um, <laughs> I love DJing with both of them equally. Uh, Jason's like he's like a reggae dictionary. So, like, I learned a lot with, from Demas in terms of, like, being an entertainer or whatever, but I've learned, like, so much about reggae through Jocelyn. Like, I call him, like, my reggae advisor. So, yeah. Like, if Jocelyn tells me to get a Roots or Dub album, you get that album. Yeah. Like, if he's like, oh, maybe, then, like, then you could go ma- either, either way on it. it. Um, but if he tells you to get something, you buy it. Because I've been up in Montreal and like one record was like 
seventy dollars or something and Jocelyn told me to buy it and I didn't buy it and then I come back and like listen to it on YouTube and of course I'm on, on Discogs buying it for the seventy dollars. You yeah. know what I mean? I was like, Yep, Jocelyn was right. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, he's just like his knowledge of reggae music is insane. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and I mean coming from you because obviously you've been thick in this for a grip and you have quite the catalog. I don't know, I'm sure you have like a picture or something It'd be cool to flash up if we can track it down to throw like, you know, picture of all your crates or something Oh yeah. Here. Yeah, yeah. That would be sick. Yeah. Um so yeah, so you started, you know, me artists, you were, you guys were DJing. It was a it was a vibe, it was a party, but you also started doing like me art present. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you'd be bringing in artists from all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are some of the people that you've had come through? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I know that's that's a loaded one, but, like, who are some of the, the gems that come uh, through? I mean, Capleton, um, Morgan Heritage, Chronix, Kabaka Pyramid, who just won a reggae Grammys come, like, mad times. Yeah. Like, he's a homie of yeah, mine. Yeah, he's super cool. Yeah, I actually um, got to kick with him at your crib. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kabaka, uh, uh, Taurus Riley's like one of the best reggae shows I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like we did a lot of um, old, you know, Akabeka, Midnight. We just kind of the whole gamut. We did like Roots artists. I could keep going, you know. Um, yeah. A lot of that, like I got a big up Brian Maitau. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Maitau was booking for... Um, jazz fest mm-hmm. and he called me on the radio i didn't know who this guy was and he's like i'm thinking about bringing lee perry or some somebody or these reggae groups mm-hmm. to uh for jazz fest and from then i started this relationship with him he would call me all year round about the reggae show just to ask like if they th- you thought it would do well or what you know about yeah it yeah like would these three lineups be better than these three bands or or, or whatever um so he called me when I was on the radio show, and that's how we met. And I'm like, oh, man, can I call you back later? We started this relationship. I did, like, seven or more years of reggae shows th- through Jazz Fest. It was the World Tent, so it's the last Saturday. would always be a reggae show. And then we got that relationship, and then... Brian like loves reggae music, and then he transferred to Nectar's. Yeah, he ended up And then the we just did, like, I mean, I'll have to give you some flyers of yeah some of the shows yeah let's let's let's, <laughs> let's do a rundown somewhere in here just like yeah yeah put some of these flyers up in but there. he um i was actually going through my flyer book with red man last night um but he yeah he's he's a big hand in that um just for his love of reggae music and we put on like ridiculously awesome shows man so yeah. it's been a blessing yeah i appreciate that man i've been to quite a few of them so it's a good time yeah yeah, Brian ended up being a uh, one of the owners of Nectars. I know they just sold um, to someone new not too long ago, right? Yeah, we got some new guys in, and I I like really appreciate like how much they're into music and like that they just redid the lighting and they're kind of like they really got a lot of uh, good vibes when it comes to like their passion for music and live music. So I've been there for three different owners. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I've been there uh, for three different. Groups of owners. Yeah, I've been there for <laughs> since like 2006, so I've you know seen a lot of staff come and go, and I've been there for the whole time, just trying to hold it down. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, so now reggae nights Thursday night. Yeah, every Thursday we do like anywhere from nine to nine thirty is when I start, and then we go to one a.m. So it's like if you got to work in the morning, you can still like come out and bubble, have a good time, you know, and not mm-hmm. get too crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah, totally. 
And so obviously it's not like quite as crazy as it used to be. Do you think that has to do with just like a sign of the times or the night of the week or? Um, I mean, we all, we've all gotten older. So it's like all the homies that were like in line to get there in 2006, like now have three kids or, or whatever the situation is. But like it, it, the vibe, um, the vibe's still there, you know? Like, I don't know why there's tons of Jamaicans in Vermont, but, like, <laughs> when Jamaicans are in the place, like, the vibe, it doesn't matter how many people are in the room. Yeah. Like, the vibe gets That's, up, up, yeah. all the way up. Yeah, I wonder what that, what's up with that, like, connection of, like, the Vermont-Jamaica connection. Cause, like, I don't they're Because they're a grip of them. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's still, yeah, it's not as, we don't have a line going down the street, you know what I mean? But it's... uh the vibe's still there and like I was I put a thing on like Facebook or something like all my years DJing like you always show love because you're the homie you know what I mean but like people can come in dance have the best time ever and then they just leave yeah and like half the time when you're a DJ like the only interactions you have with people they're like Oh, do you have this, this song on my phone? And then you're like, I don't have that song. And then they just look at you like screw face. And like, so it's like, you just like your social interactions are like basically bombing people, out, you know? And then everyone leaves and no one says like, Oh, you killed it. Or I had a good time. Or like, I loved when you played this, like no one gives you a compliment. And like, I would say now I do. you do. <laughs> um, but I would say now more than ever, like I'm feeling appreciation from people more than I ever have. Awesome. And like people are bringing me home cooked meals, like Jamaican food, Caribbean food, people, um, some people went to Jamaica, brought me this sick backpack with a t-shirt in it and a little bottle of rum, you know, like, awesome. um, so people are like really just showing me love now. And it's like more than I've ever felt as a DJ. So it's pretty dope, man. And it, and I, and it doesn't go unnoticed, you know what I mean? So oh, yeah, that's what's up. Um, speaking of people giving people things, and I'm pretty sure you probably know what I'm going to say oh, now. But so, you know, I, I was I was almost reluctant to share this story just because of how like personal it is. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't because it was just that epic. So it was my 34th birthday, and I was at your crib. I didn't do anything all day. I just came and met up with you. And, like we were just hanging at your crib. And I didn't know how yeah. old you were turning. Yeah, you didn't know how old I was turning and you're you're in your room and we were just we weren't even talking about like the Celtics or anything. We were just like talking. And then I started to tell you the story and I go one year four and you came out and you threw me Paul Pierce number thirty four's jersey and you go, Happy birthday. Now, the story I was telling you was one year for Stem's birthday, I gifted him a Paul Pierce jersey. Yeah. And it was, that was just the most insane, like, I, I, in my whole life, like, literally, I feel like I'm about to fucking cry right now, but, like, you know, I was literally about to say one year for Stem's birthday, I gave him a Paul Pierce jersey. Yeah, yeah. And all I got to was one year four, and you just came around the corner and gifted me a Paul Pierce jersey. Yeah. Dude, that was so jay. Heard up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. And hit Paul Pierce's number. 34. Is 34, and it yeah. was your 34th birthday. Yeah. And that was a dope jersey. It's got the clo just the clover on the front. Yeah, like I, the I almost wore it today, but, you know, yeah. it's February in Vermont. So. Wore it up. Um, 
But yeah, dude, that was fucking dope. And like, you know, circling back, that's kind of like, that's kind of like an A-Dog vibe right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like A-Dog would have done something like that, you know? He's always styling people out. And of course, I love that jersey, but I love yeah, you too, so thanks, you know what I mean? I really appreciate you. Yeah. I'm a, I'll take that shit to my grave with me. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not sure if I'll get buried, but if I do, I'll, I'll wear that. Wear it up. <laughs> or if you're still kicking, I'll get back to you. Yeah, that was so <laughs> crazy. We were like, what? You're, you're 34? The jersey's 34? I definitely like, started crying that night. Yeah, that was awesome, that was man. Like, holy shit. That was dope. Yeah, that Love was that. fucking incredible. Yeah, um... So now that we're talking all emo, and hopefully this is something that you're okay sharing at least a, a little bit about, but uh, so can you just kind of touch on Monique, because obviously, you know, she was your friend for years, um, you know, it's going to be a tough one for you, yeah. I'm sure, um, but yeah, just, you know, I don't know how much you know the backstory, I'm sure you do, about like Sean and Mesha. Oh yeah, I, and like, yeah, 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 meeting that, meeting her out in San Diego and coming oh, yeah. back here. So yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you feel like touching on anything about that. Just uh, you know, just kind of like for the people who don't necessarily know, because I see her as a figure in a similar way of like Andy. You know what I mean? Where yeah. It's just so beloved by all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very. She, she showed everyone like this the same amount of love you know what i mean and like didn't matter anything like your sexuality your race or anything like how you dressed or any of your background or or whatever like whoever whoever was around monique could come from any like corner of this earth and Mm -hmm. she like showed love and was like welcoming to like Mm -hmm. everyone so like as a bartender like people love that you know what i mean yeah and um yeah i don't know there's something that you kind of i know sorry i pulled that away a little i left field though i mean the reason why i thought about it sorry right quick i just i feel like i gotta say this i was talking to autumn the other day and we were reminiscing about the old needs yeah and like that shit would get pretty hectic in there and like remember more than once her just standing on the bar and be like everybody yeah yeah i mean i i love monique so much and like um she's she's someone who contributes to the Burlington experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, Big Celtics fan. Big Celtics fan. <laughs> big Celtics fan. Big music fan. Mm-hmm. When, when I would walk into the needs, as soon as I walked in, I'd hear the beats and I'd be like, Oh, Mo's here. (laughs) Mo's here. Let's go. And like that, like that's one of my favorite parts. And sometimes it's hard to go into the needs because they're like, you walk in and you're like, where is she? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, But yeah, I got so much love for Monique, man. And I went to Celtics games with her and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, me and Monique lived together for a while and like, you know. Um, I made a track. I don't know if you ever heard it. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you're gonna you're gonna talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I I was channel um the homie SK. You know, Shout super talented. Yeah, essential knowledge. Uh, super dope, talented producer. Like, I don't produce music, so like I have, and I feel like I have an ear for it. Yeah. So I like will be like, oh Robert, like here's this record, like, you got to make something with track two, like, in this spot. And so we actually have, like, a, a whole, like, 
probably 30 beats or something that like most people in the world haven't heard that like he's so prolific too. we've made where i've just kind of like given yeah. them some ideas or like something that i think would be fresh yeah, so yeah. so maybe there'll be a mixtape at some point right, popping right. off um but so we've been doing that for years it, it was kind of created after andy's passing because i think they were gonna planning on doing something yeah. like that so i i started doing something like that with robert and there was this one record that monique bought for me okay um and it's like this funky like like soul like uh female group from africa and it's it's really dope so i'm like robert you gotta do like make a beat this, with this yeah. you know what i mean so he gets the thing he loves it and i'm like just call it monique like whatever beat and and this is like we're not even planning on anyone hearing it like mm -hmm. we're just doing it for like the love you know and i'm like if you sample this just like you have to name the beat monique mm -hmm. and um so he makes the beat and then chel strong like hears the beat out in la and is like yo i want to spit on that and so robert's like hits me up and he's like yo can homie like spit on this thing and i'm like yeah like that'd be cool but like he just has to say monique's name like one time you know what i mean and so like that was the caveat that you gave him to, yeah to give it and it wasn't gonna be a song about monique yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know what i mean and i'm just like just have him shout out monique like you could slip it into a line like all you have to say is monique one time mm -hmm. and so that's enough for the big dog <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and it, just to honor you know our homegirl man that we all love and um um so yeah he robert sends chel strong who's a talented mm -hmm. mc his dad wrote like um all these motown hits and uh, i heard it through the grapevine yeah. which is like a yeah. household name like a song that people know um and so robert sends him like the links of like the news story about monique and the seven days write-ups and he makes the entire song like in dedication to Monique. And so we put that out and um, it's on like uh, broccolirob.bandcamp.com. Yeah, Broccoli Rob, like Robert. Let's, Rob. Do, let's throw the uh, link up in the description. Here. Yeah. Come together, we celebrate. celebrate. Tomorrow's just not promised, so we live and never waiting on the moments we expect that we might not have. Friendship could be the reason some ain't fight they pass. I once feel judged, I once win her. Save from self destruction when you summon is love. Damn, they go a long way. You was more than just a beer after a long day. You was exceptional, and this shit here it just wasn't never on the schedule. But some can feel you in spirit steel, that's factual. Burlington got an angel with war wings with more soul than a sample. The song sings, yeah. We gon' do this here for you. you. And anybody who lost some for you. Life ain't long enough, we know this the truth. So cherish every moment we get to live through. Uh, give them bouquets so they can smell them through their days. And when they lights low, still we celebrate. Cause grief is hard enough. Plus what you left behind, we feel it all in us. Memories only fade if we let them. 
letter. And if somebody said your name, I'm always reppin'. In all our hearts until we meet all up in heaven. And we gon' keep them there in them while we steppin'. It's crazy how vibes can be felt when you never met them. And how they inspire Um, And then if people, like, want to purchase that song because Monique loved the food shelf so much mm -hmm. and, like, always wanted to raise money for them, and all them, any donation you put for that song from Bandcamp goes directly to cool. their bank, their bank account or whatever. Like just, so yeah, yeah, it's crazy how it went from like just this idea, and then like the homie reaches out, yeah. and yeah. Uh, well, shit, thanks for sharing that because you know, I know whenever we're talking about uh, people who aren't physically here with us, it's not always that easy. Yeah, I almost teared up, and there's like a lot I could say about you know how much I care care about yeah. Monique. So. Bless up, bless up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we're hoping you'll you'll come back on again. That's kind of, this is just a hang. I just want to remind everyone, if you haven't subscribed, it's so easy. You just click the fucking subscribe button, and if you don't have a YouTube account, it takes literally 30 seconds to set one up, and we really appreciate it. Um, also, I want people to hit us um, in the comments. Just, like, tell us what you're liking about episodes. Um, who some of your favorite were, you know, just whatever, interact, because, you know, without you guys, I mean, we, we'd be kicking it anyway. They <laughs> 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 We'd be kicking it anyway, but, you know, we wouldn't have all this fancy equipment shit. As always, big up Sean Mesha, the big man behind the scene. Yeah, man. You know, he's the he's the nuts and bolts. I've been chilling with Misha a long time, bro. Like, that spot on Loomis, yeah. you know, with Patrick. Like, that was the like, hang spot. Sean and, Sean and uh, Bill. Oh. And, yeah. And oh, but well, Patrick was Patrick always, there, always there, but there. Bill, yeah, yeah, yeah Bill, Bill. Because but that was, like, the spot. Like, oh, yeah. Party You just, like, had to go there, or, yeah. like, on a weekly basis and just yeah. say what up, you know what well, I mean? Well, every weekend they had these crazy parties there. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, a small-ass apartment, but it would just get packed. Some I remember and some I probably don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some I'm happy I remember. Some I wish I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. But, um, yeah, man, it's just so, you know, an honor to have you come through. Yeah, He's man. my best friend. Long time, bro. And, uh, you know, just, yeah, and I'm pumped on what you guys are doing. Like, I'm, like, literally pumped to go home and watch the Matlock episode from last week. And, like, yeah. I'm definitely going to rewatch the Retman episode because that's my G. You know what I mean? Hell, yeah. So. I went to Talent the next day after we had Matlock on and, uh, or Maddie L on. And bought the Slock Skates hat from Talent. Oh, that's sick, dude. Yeah, sent him a picture. He was fucking hyped. And it's like, nice. I mean, could I have asked him to just bless me up with one? I'm sure, but, like, it feels cool to support, you know? Yeah, you got you to gotta support everyone for sure, man. And that's, that's like, the Burlington vibe, man. Yeah. It's, like, just supporting everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I know Mesa's got to go into work here soon, but I don't know if there's anything else specifically you feel like we should talk about this time or anyone you want to give shout-out too uh, I mean I shouted out you know RUV hard I, I could have I could go really hard on that and flex records and all the DJs in Burlington and um definitely rep man like I got my fir my first ever gig weekly gig was because of rep man yeah and He's just like Bur legend. and just Burlington like I don't want to leave anyone's name out but yeah. like that the, there's so many DJs here that have like made the scene um whether they're electronic hip-hop or whatever there's just too many to list but it it's just provide it's just added to the experience we call like growing up in burlington you know yeah. what i mean yeah so. we're definitely pretty blessed here you know what i mean yeah. for such a small place we got we got some gems out here so 
And I'll keep shining, you know what I mean? Word up. And uh, this has been Golden Hour episode 26, motherfuckers, with the one of a con guest, yeah, Matthew yeah. Robinson, big dog. Love you, brother. Big up, big up yourself, big up. Hey. And big up Golden Hour, man. Keep tuning in. That's what's up. We out. Peace.